Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. There you go. Today, there'll be a lot of football going on, NFL. Some of you have cried your way through the college games yesterday or the lack of games. But today, will be a lot of um, NFL games. And the coaches carry around a little red flag. And when they feel like that the referee has overlooked uh, or made a wrong call, they'll take that red flag out and they'll throw that red flag. And it's a signal to the referee that they would like for the referee to review that play because obviously the coach believes that the referee made a mistake in the way they called. And I believe sometimes in our lives, especially in this last 37 weeks of this COVID crisis that we've been in, there's sometimes that we believe that maybe, we don't say it vocally, but we think it in our minds. God, are you sure that you're watching what's going on? We almost have the tendency to say, if I had a red flag, I'd like to throw that red flag towards God and say, God, would you take another look at what's happened in my life? Because I think if you're really the good God that I believe you are, you wouldn't have allowed those things to happen in my life. 37, 40 weeks ago when this COVID uh, thing started, most of us thought, you know, a few weeks and it'll be over with and it'll be gone. But now 37, 40 weeks in, we're getting weary, right? We're saying, how much longer will this ever change? Will they ever get rid of the dialogue about the COVID? And we want to pick up a red flag and toss it towards God and say, God, this is affecting me different than what I thought. And I believe you somehow missed it, Lord. And in the midst of all of this, I'd like for you to review what's going on and make a change because <laughs> you really need to do something, God. You really need to do something. Anybody ever feel that way? God, you know, you really need to do something. You know, we pray, we say, I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe. But when that goes on for longer than we thought, right? You know, God, you, you just, are you, are you even watching what's going on in this crisis? So what are we to do? What are we to do with where we are right now when we feel like that God is not watching and we'd just like to throw a challenge flag and say, Lord, would you review what's happened in the last 40 weeks? Here's what I think we should do. Here's my point today. One point, learn to trust him in the process. Say that with me. Learn to trust him in the process. Those of you that are with our online church, why don't you just go ahead and post that right there. Click that on. Uh, review in the process. Uh, learn to trust him in the process. Thank you so much for joining us today. There's three words I want us to think about. Promise, process, and provision. I believe that almost everything that happens, happens starting, first of all, with a promise. There's a promise that God gives us. Do we have those? Let's just pop those all up. Bring them all up. A promise, process, and provision. There's a promise that God gives us, and we say that's a promise for healing. That's a promise for a great marriage. That's a promise that God never leaves me. It's a promise that it is well with my soul. And then at the end is the provision. We all love the provision. Wow, I'm debt free. Wow, my marriage is good. Wow, I'm healed. Wow, I've got a new job. We all like that. But many times the tough place for us is in the in-between, in the hallway, right? Between the promise and the provision. 
Whether we like it or not today, everyone in this building and everyone watching online is in one of those three places. You're either walking in the midst of a promise. God is going to give you a promise today as we sang that song a few minutes ago. God gave a promise to some of you that it's going to be all right, that it is well. And so you claim that promise. Some of you today are walking in provision. You're walking in provision. God has healed you. God has touched you. But many of us today are in a place called process. There are seasons in my life where I've walked in victory over almost every major sin, very little suffering, unhindered communion with God. We like those places, right? But then there are those other seasons that are seemingly are filled with defeat, loss, affliction, and silence. And in those moments of process, I feel tempted to tank, not trust. Anybody ever been there? Just raise your hand and say, yep, I know what you mean. All right, I I hear you. It's all right to say, I hear you. Amen. Okay, I just want to be sure we have a voice today. That helps me when you you help me there, all right? I preach half as long if if you're vocal, all right? So there you go. Thank you. I knew that would get it. And so even in the midst of that, I think we're all uneasy about the future. Social media and the news network want to make us feel uneasy about the future. And we start playing this game called what if, right? What if? Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this? And what if I, what if I am trusting God? And what if I get the virus? And what if I don't, what if I die from the virus? And what if my family gets the virus? And, and what if, what if I never get out of debt? And what if I never get married? And what if I marry the wrong person? And then we have the wrong kids and we throw everything out of place and it's living all of these what ifs. And I see it. I see it on some of your faces when you come into church. I see it on your post. It's called the COVID craziness, right? Just like, and, and you wonder, what can I really believe? Like this week, uh, a friend of ours went to get tested because they had a little, a little virus. And they said, yep, you got COVID. And then they used the words to scare the bejesus out of you, you know, and all of those. And we said, you know what? You need to go back the next day and get tested again. Doesn't make sense. Went back the next day and got tested. And guess what? You're clear. You don't have COVID. Either God is a miracle worker in 24 hours or something is screwy about all these things that seem to just stir up fear and stir up fear. Now, listen, I don't need emails about this is really serious. I had a loved one that died. I know that. But I also know that it's what 1.8% deaths and some people die more with other things, but I'm not going to debate that. I'm just going to say we live in this time in which there's COVID craziness. And some of you say, I just, I don't know what to believe. I don't know where to go. I thought God would get us out of this by now, but listen, here's, here's something you need to know. If you're not living with a little uncertainty, then you're not living by faith. There's a level of uncertainty in our life and we have to learn to trust God in the process. Say, in the process. There's a picture I want you to see. It's a picture of a bamboo tree. When I think of process, I think of bamboo trees. Aren't those beautiful? I remember reading the story years ago about the bamboo tree. It starts as a small nut that's planted in the soil and it has to be watered and fertilized every day for five years before it ever breaks through the soil. Think about that. Has to be watered and fertilized every day for five years before it breaks through the soil. Now, 
Any time in that process that you fail to daily water it or daily bring fertilizer to it, it stops the process. Five years, you're watering and you're fertilizing and you see nothing. But on the fifth year, it finally breaks through the soil and it grows to nearly 90 feet tall in six weeks. 90 feet tall in six weeks. It takes five years to develop a root system so that it won't topple. Listen, some of you are frustrated about the process. You say, how much longer? How much longer? How much longer? Listen, Second Peter, what, three and nine? God is not slow as we consider slow, but he's working in the process. He's building something strong and we need to be able to trust him in the process. Amen, 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 amen. So you say, okay, I want to trust him, but I'm struggling. What can you do? I'm going to give you a prayer today. I'm going to give you a prayer to build your trust while you're in the process. Would that be okay? So are you, are you in Luke chapter five? I want to read verses five, uh, uh, chapter five, verses one through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. In other words, the fishermen had been out fishing all night long and now they were washing their nets. He got into one of those boats that belonged to Simon and he asked him to put a little out from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water. What kind of water? Deep water. Some of us need to get in the deep water. You've been in the shallow long enough. Maybe it's in the deep water that you're going to find a miracle that you're looking for. He said, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, he's trying to be very polite here. Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything, but because of you, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that it began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so there were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats upon the shore and read the last little phrase with me. They left everything and followed him. So what I want to share with you today is a prayer that can build our trust, a prayer that can build our trust. It said in verses four and five, Jesus said, put out and let down your nets for a catch. Say, let down. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night long. Now, there's a prayer in this. It's not necessarily a prayer that Peter prayed, but it's a prayer that Peter visualizes for us. And here is the prayer. Here is the prayer. Read it with me. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Let's pray it again. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand. Even what you're, what you're asking me to do doesn't make sense. Has you ever, have you ever felt like God asked you to do something that didn't make sense? 
uh, like uh, several uh, months ago, maybe a year or so ago, the Lord so- told me, he said, I want you to go search out a guy, a guy that did me wrong. And he said, I want you to go to that man and I want you to ask him, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? I thought, no, Lord, he did me wrong. No, you go. Didn't make sense. I went, bought him a cup of coffee, had sat down and said, we chit chat a little bit. And I said, now, what can I do for you? You? Nothing. Uh, nothing. There's nothing you can do for me. You talk about feel stupid. But I knew that God said, I want you to go do that. I want you. I walked away from there and I thought, whoa, Lord, did you miss it? Let me throw a red flag on that one. You, you asked me to do that and you didn't do anything. I talked to my counselor when I went to counseling that week and I said, you know, I, I feel like I obeyed the Lord what he wanted. He said, Terry, that's all God wants us to do. He wants us to obey him, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we don't understand. Maybe God's going to ask you this week to forgive someone who's never asked you to forgive them. Maybe God's going to ask you to give a very large gift to Honduras, and you've never, and you think, well, I don't even know how to do that. How are we going to do Christmas in the midst of all of this? Simon, he said, I, I want you to let down your nets. And Simon says, excuse me, this, this just really doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. He's trying to be polite. He's saying, we fished all night. And it's sort of like he's saying this in his mind. He's thinking, Rabbi, you do Rabbi. Fisherman, I'll do fishing. I've got generation of fishermen in my life. We know when to fish. We know where to fish. And you don't let down your nets out where you're asking us to do. That doesn't make any sense. But nevertheless... I'm going to let down my net because you've asked me to do that. In other words, here's the prayer. Lord, help me to obey you even when I don't understand, even when it doesn't make sense. Here's what I want you to know. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. There, and when we, when we talk about trusting God, we often think, Okay, I'm going to trust God. Yeah, I'm going to start tithing or God's going to ask me to move to another city. He's going to ask me to change careers. But you know what? I believe that learning to trust God starts with the smallest things in our life. The smallest acts of obedience and trust lead to the biggest results and the biggest blessings and the biggest miracles. He said, Lord, because you said so, I'm going to do that. You don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. But how do I do that? Well, here's, here's, here's something that's going to help us. You have to get clingy. Look at your neighbor and say, get clingy. That's C-L-I-N-G, however it is. It's clingy. C-L-I-N-G-Y, clingy. Get clingy, all right? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Now, if that's not your wife sitting beside you, don't reach over and start getting clingy, all right? Uh, we don't have to call security, Okay. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You probably have this on, uh, uh, on a, a coffee cup, on a, on, on a picture in your house. Remember this one? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let's say it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths, right? We have that one, right? How many of you have it on a coffee cup, a mug or something? Anita has it on her license tag. You have all of that. Yeah, so, so it's there. So that's how, we, that's how we learn to trust him. The word acknowledge there in this verse means to know. 
So you could change it like this. In all your ways, know him and he'll make your path straight. Know him. Not know about him, but know him. The word trust there, that we say trust in the Lord, say trust, trust in the Lord with all our heart. The word trust there is the Hebrew baka. It's sort of like you got to spit, so don't spit. You might uh, look on your neighbor and they're not wearing a mask, all right? And it means to cling to, cling to. It doesn't mean just be in the proximity to the Lord, but to cling to, to cling to him, to cling to his promises. Here's the key. In order to hold on to God, you have to let go of whatever else that you've been previously clinging to. Peter had to let go of a mindset that we fished all night. There's nothing else to do there. My family are professional fishermen. I know how to do this. He had to let go of that and he had to cling to the promise of God. In order to trust him, we have to lean not to our own understanding. Can I say for a moment, that's really hard for some of you, isn't it? Because you pride yourself in being able to figure things out, right? You're wired. You're wired to look at things and contemplate things and figure it out. So when it comes to trusting the Lord, clinging to him, it's very difficult for you. But here's what you have to do. You have to let go of your understanding, your plans, your desires, your will, your strategy, and cling to the rock who will never fail you. Amen? So what do we need to do? Well, it's a great time to cling to the promises of God. Could I give you some promises to cling to in the process God, I thank you that I can cast all of my cares upon you because you faithfully care for me. God, I'm clinging to your truth that you'll provide for my needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God, I thank you that you're working in all things that are happening in my life to bring about good because I'm called and living for you. God, I cling to your truth and I'll never forsake you and you'll never forsake me. God, you will never forsake me, and when I draw near to you, you'll draw near to me. What am I doing? I'm clinging to his promises. I'm letting go, and I'm clinging to his promises. God, I thank you that the word says that you're close to those that have a broken heart. God, your your scripture says that you will be with those who have a crushed spirit. Lord, you are my strength You are my refuge. You are my help in a time of trouble. Listen, in order to cling to the goodness of God, you have to release what you've been clinging to before. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to cling to you even when I don't understand it. Lord, help me to trust you and obey you in the smallest promptings that you give me. You say, but I don't know how it'll it'll turn out. What, 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 What will be the outcome? The outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is my responsibility. Say this with me. Father, the outcome is up to you. And all the scriptures we just read say that I can trust you. All you're asking today is for me to be obedient. To be obedient. Uh, Peter had no clue how it was going to turn out. You have, no, you have no clue how the story's going to end, but you got to start at the beginning, right? You got to start somewhere, and the place is to start trusting him.
So our prayer is, pray it again with me, Lord, help me to trust you even when I don't understand. Let's pray it again. Lord, help me to trust you even when I don't understand. So they let down their nets. And verses six and seven says, they caught such a large number of fish that, they, that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and they filled the boats and they began to sink. There were so many. I love what Simon Peter does now. Because now all of a sudden, he realizes, even when I don't understand him, but if I will obey him, he can work miracles in my life that I've never thought about. You see, he's, here he is, and he says, Lord, I, you, you need to leave me, Lord. Just, I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of you. Lord, in this last 40 weeks, I've wanted to throw in the red flag so many times and thought you weren't caring for me. But Lord, you were caring for me all along, and I doubted you. So Lord, I just ask you to leave me. I'm not worthy of your blessings. I'm not worthy of that. And then the Lord looks at Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. So they pulled their nets up to shore and they did what? They left everything. They did what? They left everything. First of all, in obedience to God, they let down their nets. Now, in response to God of who he is, they're willing to leave everything that was safety for them. They left the, the provision of their business. They left their security. They left their future. What nets? What nets is the Lord asking you, first of all, to let down and to walk in obedience today? What is he asking you to do? What little prompting is he giving to you? And then at some point, what is he asking you to lay down? What is he asking you to surrender? What is he asking you? It may not be easy. It's some of the biggest steps that we have. And I know right now some of us are up. We're, we're praying prayers like this. Come on, Lord. Right? I'm over this thing, right? Anybody prayed that prayer this week? How many times have you prayed that prayer this week? Umpteen, right? Come on, Lord, I'm over this. I, I'm over all of this, this fear. I'm over, uh, I'm, I'm over the mask. I, I'm over all of these things. I, I'm overing all of those. And, and don't send me things that I should wear a mask, okay? You do you and I'll do me, all right? Uh, and so, so I, I, I do that and, and I take precautions. But I get to the, and come on, Lord. We've been praying for 37 weeks every morning at 714. Yeah. Every morning at 7.14 a.m. and evening at 7.14 p.m. at a.m. on the Father's House Facebook page, we join and we pray. For, we've been praying with 180 different nations, millions of believers around the world. We've been praying, this is week 37, and we, and we keep praying, come on, Lord. Come on, Lord, we're trusting you. We're believing you for a breakthrough. We're believing you. We know that you can do this. But yet we look and we say... It seems to be getting worse and not better. So what's in the midst? So what do we do? Do we wring our hands? Do we do all of that? We say, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cling to a God that hears my prayer. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to do the best that I can do in the midst of this. And I'm going to trust him in every way. If you believe that today, say amen. amen. We have to trust his goodness, his plan, his purpose. In the midst of the trust, here's what he will do. He will begin to comfort you. He'll begin to give you peace. I love what David said in Psalm 20 and 7. Some trust in chariots. Won't you read this verse out loud with me? 
Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. Let's say it again. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. In other words, we might say it like this. Some trust in the economy, but we trust in the name of our God. Some trust in whoever holds the office. But I think our, I'm thankful to God that our hopes are not in who's in office, but who sits on the throne. Who sits on the throne. Some say, I trust in my bank account as long as I, I trust in the medical report. No, but we as people of God say, I put my hope and my trust in God. We trust in his name. And I know some of you today and some of you that are watching online, you're right on the edge. I mean, you're, you're right on the edge. You've been praying. You've been trusting God. You believe God for a reversal of all of this virus. You've been believing God for a reversal of all this hatred and bigotry and racism in our nation. And it seems like it quiets down for a while, then it comes back up again because we know that the thing runs deep. It's not just words, but it's got to be a whole cultural change in our mind. And some of us, you know, we, we look and we see how that people are, are so divisive in the midst of all of this. I mean, what's going to happen if, if, if uh, Biden comes in? What's going to happen if, if Trump, uh, Trump somehow, I, I don't know, you, you, see, you, see, you still see that conflict maybe getting less, but you see that and people are right on the edge of what if and what's going to happen. And, and, and so they, they, they watch the news more and they watch the news more and they, and they watch social media. But I'm going to tell you today, here's one thing that we've got to learn to do in the process is that when we feel like that we're ready to give up, we have to trust him. Good time out. When did this miracle take place for Peter? When did it take place? When did this miracle take place for Peter? It's when they were ready to give up. They were washing their nets. They had already fished all night long. They were frustrated. We fished all night long and we've caught nothing. It was at the time that they were ready to give up. You see, this miracle of trusting God and breakthrough, his peace comes to us when we feel like it's the end of a frustrating day and I'm so frustrated, I don't know who to believe, I don't know where to turn in the midst of all of that. When we're ready just to give up, we have to say, Lord, I'm surrendering everything to you. I'm surrendering all of my dreams that you've given me, Lord. You told me I'd have a great marriage and I've been fighting for my marriage, but my spouse is not trying. And so, Lord, I, I, I just feel frustrated. So in the midst of all that, I say, Lord, the results are up to you. Lord, I dreamed that I could get out of debt, but it looks like now I've lost my job. I, I'm believing in healing. I, I, I believe in for a husband. I believe for a wife and it hasn't happened to me. It all happened at the end of a frustrating day. When you're in a frustrating season, let me remind you this. If you're not dead, you're not done. We sing that song, right, Jennifer? If you're not dead, then you're not done. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't think you're done. I don't think you're done. God is still working. Don't grow weary in doing well for in the proper time, you will reap the harvest if you don't faint. So we choose to believe today, holding on and holding on. If you're here today and you say, you know, Terry, this, this was a word for me today. 
those of you that are watching online, it's not by chance you were watching today. God wants you to dial in. He wants you to tune in. And you'd say, you know, Terry, I'm doing my best to hold on. I'm believing for a miracle. And, 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 and I need to pray that prayer and I need to trust God. And this word was really for me today. If, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? Let me just see your hand. Just raise your hand. That's, thank you. Thank you. Those of you who say, yeah, that's for me. Yeah, that's for me. That, that I needed to be reminded to trust God. To be reminded to trust God. And those of you that are watching online. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads? Those of you who just lifted your hand and say, yeah, that's for me. And I want to pray this prayer today for us. Father, help us to put our trust in you, to cling to you, to let go of whatever we've been holding on to and hold on to you, Lord, because you will not let us go. We thank you, God, that when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And God, help us to discover that we need to hold on to you in a greater way. We put our trust in you. We continue to believe for every hurt, for every sickness, for every fear, for every what if, for every crushing disappointment. Lord, today I just lift those that are here in the house and those that are watching online. And I pray, Lord, that we're going to trust in a name that is above every name. And it's the name of Jesus. As you continue to pray today, maybe with your head bowed and your eye closed, there are those of you that are here today, and maybe you're watching online, and you say, you know, really, I, 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 I don't really have an ongoing trust with God. I, you know, I kind of believe in God, but, you know, and I want to trust Him, but I, but, I, but I really don't know how. And if I were to sit down with you and have a conversation, you'd, you'd just sort of hem-haw around, and basically what you would tell me is that I, I really don't know Jesus. I know about Him, but I really don't know Him. I've gone to church all of my life, but I, I, I don't really know him. I don't know him. Let me just be as clear as I can today in who Jesus is. Jesus is the son of God. He came to this world without sin. He lived a perfect life. And then he invited people like Simon Peter, a very lost, rough, rebellious fisherman, to leave everything that he had and to follow him. He came for the hurting. He came for the broken. And he paid a sacrifice on the cross for your sins and my sins. They put him in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. So that anyone, and that includes you today, who calls on his name, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. And your sins washed away. If you're here today, or you're watching online, and you say, Terry, I don't have that peace that comes from Jesus. I don't have that joy. I don't have the security that my sins are forgiven. Maybe you're watching here today and, and it's not an action that you're watching. And God is just simply saying today, let go of your sin, let go of your life, let go of your past, let go of what you think is secure and cling to Jesus. If that's you today and you'd allow me to include you in this prayer, would you just lift your hands right now, make eye contact with me and say, that's me. That's me today, Terry. I need Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Others today, thank you in the back. Thank you. Others today, thank you here in the front. Thank you. Thank you. Others today that say, that's me. Those of you that are watching online, yeah, that's me. That's me today. That's your prayer. Just lift your hands. Or just click online there. Those of you that are watching online, I've decided today. Or just let them know, you know, today I, I want to make that decision. I want to make that choice. Just, just let them know right now. Just let them know right now. Let me lead you in a prayer. Can we pray this prayer together? Father God, 
Thank you for loving me, for caring for me. Today, I confess that I need you. I'm willing to let go of everything I've trusted in to trust in you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Make me whole. And as best as I know how, I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, would you give the Lord a hand clap for those who made that decision today? It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom. 